Okay. Um, So, we were talking last week about, and forgive us our debts. <clears throat> and did anybody get a chance to take the time? Because when we went into that statement, you find it. forgive us of our debts in this version of Matthew the word debts literally means means debt death debt debt that which is owed financially legally due a debt does mean it can mean an offense it also can mean a sin but it's it's the definition of it is something owed, a due, something that's due morally, a fault owed. Um, and it was interesting because this is the same, this is the two times it uses that same Greek translation. Matthew six twelve and Romans four four. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. So it's almost like an economic situation. And I think it was Tim that brought up, it's interesting that Matthew being a tax collector used a financial example of restitution. So in this scripture, of Matthew, when you, let's go back here. Let's look at forgive. Leave, forgive, suffer, let, forsake, let alone, send away, depart, all those different things. <clears throat> was there a difference between Matthew's version of debt and what was the other time that Jesus used this, that Jesus gave the example of the prayer? What's the other scripture? In the, Father, in the, oh. You remember Luke? <clears throat> Anybody know where it's at? Is it Luke 11? So, yep. We discovered, we discovered last week one version did say uh, sins. 
Luke says something different. Matthew says debt. Teach us, uh, he said, our Father, turn heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in heaven. As in, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. Different word. Big difference. Mm -hmm. This one's used 174 times. Sin, wow. sinful, offense. 172 times it's used as sin. To be without a share, a share to miss the mark, the best basic definition. Of, you guys know that sin means miss the mark. So if you're hitting, if, if you have a bow and arrow and you're aiming at a target and you get 80 points, but you don't hit the bullseye, that's a sin. You didn't hit the mark. <laughs> you didn't hit the target. It wasn't perfected. So sin means you're off. You're off alignment. Okay? So you, you didn't hit the, the, the mark in the proper place. Any, any thought of why the difference between Luke using the word sin and Matthew using the word debt? Does it give clarity? So if there's a, okay, if I'm in, let's say, this, I, I guess this, this is the way I thought of it. I was thinking about it this week. And I, I, I'm just processing this. Dennis, you let me borrow a hundred bucks. How much am I in debt to you? hundred bucks. So then if I come to you and ask you for, if I, if, if I come to you and how can I put this? Um, if I don't pay you back, and I expect you to forgive me. I'm still in debt to you because I'm expecting for you to forgive me. But I haven't done my part to do what is right to fix that in which I'm indebted to. Righteousness? So I think Matthew was talking about the holistic perspective of asking forgiveness. Mm. In other words, it's not just me telling Tim I'm sorry. It's me telling Tim I'm sorry and doing what is necessary to undo that debt on my part. That doesn't mean he will receive it, but it is my responsibility to try to align that as much as... That's what came to me because he's using debt financially. Yeah. 
It's the reconciliation of that. Matt and Luke is just sin. Right? It's just to the point, the chronological story of Jesus and his life. And it's like, let's just cut to the chase. He's forgiving you sin. But I think Matthew was more discipling through that statement. Mm-hmm. That was my thought. What do you guys think? No, I think you're right. I, good. Yeah, I think so too. Tim, what do you think? I'm more comparing it to what some of the other things about the example of Luke. Because of his... Um, he's very meticulous in the fact that he's an analyzer and he's a doctor and he's a person who studies but he was writing to Theophilus to give him a a picture Mm -hmm. of what happened and it's an account so Luke is more I think making a legal a legal reference because of his focus on what he's trying to it's kind of like the way he did acts he had a legal reference to try to I believe I think wasn't it you or somebody that said that he was trying to make a case for Paul's defense Mm -hmm. I don't know I have a feeling that Luke in his uh, in his approach of the way he presented what he wrote in the gospel was more, I think, more analytical and, mm-hmm. uh, in, his, in his approach. Because I don't find the gospel of Luke like a disciple's manual. I find Matthew much more disciple-ing. As far as the way the story is broken down. I think John is the most. Yeah, I no, I agree. But because the, the context of each book has a focus. Luke's book was, like what you were saying, I do believe Luke was book one, Acts is book two. Here's not just, here's the presentation to the judge, Theophilus, uh, or whoever is the readers of it, whoever that role was. Um, here's the life of Jesus. Here's the ministry of the apostles following the resurrection to show a clear picture to the judge who who Paul was arrested. This is why Paul is doing what he was doing. It's cut to the chase. It's chronological. It's in order. It's detailed. These are the examples. The Holy Spirit did this. It did this. It did this. Where Matthew was a tax collector. He was financial. But the details in Matthew to me, because Matthew is a sermon, and then he'll go through examples, through stories or demonstration. Yeah, I think probably Matthew, even in the book, even in the chosen, it shows him keeping records as he was walking with Jesus. You know, and he very well may have have been keeping records, and he very well may have had a, you know, a, a notebook with him, you know, sure. wherever he went. I don't know, but you know, but his mind, I think it was very um, referenced. I think it, the things that happened, he kept them, you know, uh, very clear. 
I think that's the type of mind he had. Um, and, and, and when Mark wrote, they say that Marx was first before, you know, the whole idea that, that there's three witnesses on account, that, then that gives credit to the validity of, of, you know, three witnesses make the, to where there's, it's a valid case you know, of, of, mm -hmm. of, uh, of, of fact. You know, when they bring it to a court, they have witnesses, they have to have two or three. Yeah. Well, now they have three witnesses to the fact of what Jesus said and did. Because, yeah, because when you take Matthew, okay, we'll start here, Matthew 5. It's the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5. Matthew 6, same sermon. Matthew 7, same sermon. Matthew 8, now he's showing you and tying in to the sermon. Jesus cleansed the leper, the centurion's faith, authority, demonstration. Peter's mother-in-law, many others were healed, showing the fulfillment of Isaiah. Discipleship tested. So he takes a sermon, you'll see this in Matthew, he'll take a sermon, and then look, he starts demonstrating, walking south, cast out devil. He's, he's, he's tying in his sermon. Tying in his sermon. Paralytic healed. Matthew called. Questions about, now he's teaching, questions about fasting. Miracles of healing. Okay, let's go through, let's go through. Next chapter. Jesus is teaching, giving instructions. Going through, going through, hard road before them, meaning of discipleship. He's teaching, he's teaching, rewards of service. Now he's got John and the disciples, tribute to John, unrepented cities, come to me. You'll see, if you, if you look at Matthew, you'll see story or sermon, examples, sermon, examples. Sermon examples. So when I was thinking about that with Matthew, um, I, I just kind of took it as, I think Matthew was giving a holistic discipleship view of reconciling a relationship. And Jesus's heart, and when you're praying is, guys, as much as you are focused here, don't forget how we interact here. It's very important. That doesn't mean, Deborah, if before Christ, somebody was angry at you, it doesn't mean they're going to forgive you. But what it does mean is that it is our responsibility to reach out to begin that process if there is a way for it to happen. Or to begin it and let somebody settle with it and allow them to grow to that place over time to go, okay, you know what? I wasn't ready then, I'm ready now. And that's just kind of, that's kind of the way I, I took that. Um, forgive us of our debts, because we forgive our debtors. I don't know how to, how, how would we um, forgive us? Well, again, I think that that example that Jesus gave about the king and the uh, man who had a great mm -hmm. debt. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it goes right along with what Matthew's do, saying. I mean, as far as, you know, this man had a great debt, and it was apparently a financial type thing where, and this guy went around and choking everybody out to try to get his little bit of cash back. And the king found out, and he said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. So, I mean, that was financial, right? A, kind mm -hmm. of an approach yeah, on that? Or was that just in Matthew also? I mean... I don't, I don't know. That I don't know. Because maybe Matthew picked up on something Jesus said, and the way, he, the way he heard it, you know, the way he interpreted what Jesus said was in a financial type... You know, I mean, that, his mind might have been on a focus of, well, you know, the debt, the debt that we occur by our, by our misdeeds, you know. How about, how about the action of forgiveness? The action what? The action of forgiveness. The act, what are we trying to do here? I'm trying to just put like a term underneath that. Oh, oh. Just one word or two words? Um, well, right now, just what what else could we put as a, and then we'll figure out something on the side as like you know two or three words. Because I I think a lot of the times in the church we always focus on forgiveness in the sense of you and God or that person and God, but what about the action of forgiveness that Jesus has done? Forgetting. Yeah. So what? Forgetting. Okay. Um, Tolerance. Trust. Action of forgiveness. How how would um. Hold on, Dennis. I'm trying to think here. Um, <laughs> yeah, try hearing that in the middle of the night. <laughs> You're saying forgetting. I would say that's imitating God's nature, forgetting the offense. What else? Trust. Trust? What do you mean by that? How would that... Like next time, trust that what they that they're going to follow through or that they're not going to do the same thing I don't know if I agree with that, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, I, I think I know what you're saying, but if I take that down, let, let's, let's use, I, I, I think that's where sometimes forgiveness in situations can become dangerous. Mm -hmm. Can become dangerous. Dangerous. Forgiveness in some situations can become dangerous. No. <coughs> Assuming you're going to do the right thing. Assuming the other person is going to do the right thing, is that what Scripture means by forgiveness? No. So then, releasing them. Okay. There is a difference between releasing them and trusting them to do the right thing when they have not proven they're able to well, do it. Well, there comes wisdom. Well, yeah. 
when they do yeah. start changing around then you but you get what i'm saying yeah. so that way let, let's 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 work on that definition because i get what you're saying but the reason why we work on that definition is because let's say you're counseling with somebody who's who's in a marriage mm -hmm. and there's domestic violence mm -hmm. and it can be abused to trust and all of a sudden so you so sometimes and i've heard this i've i've heard this where somebody's like they take it lightly and they're telling someone, just, just forgive them, just it's okay, you know, whatever. Not understanding the depth of it. And we, incur we end up encouraging somebody to stay mm -hmm. in a very dangerous, hostile situation. Oh. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. That can be a dangerous statement. Well, there has to be actions in the, a different direction though too. And so that's why that, that's why I want to work down because I get what you said. That's why let's work on that definition. I got a story. This is a correctional officer story, but it's very, very, very. Uh, it is something that stuck with me. I don't know how many years, many, many years, and it's about the wisdom of forgiveness. And this is a true story. There was a man had a daughter. This man raped his daughter. They prosecuted him, put him in prison. This man was a pastor. He went to visit this man. And he A pastor him, went to go visit this man. Well, while he was in prison. Correct. Okay. Be, to develop a relationship, to disciple him and to lead him out of forgiveness. And he discipled him well. Led him into this forgiveness. And the man was involved in studies and showing some fruit. Time to parole. Had no place to go. The forgiveness was true. He invited him into his home. What do you think happened to the dog? Was that wisdom? No. No, you want to slap that guy's on wake up. Forgiveness is not inviting so, that rapist back into your well, home. Okay, well, I'm not saying that either. Let's let's drill down to this a little bit. I'll explain. What's that? I said I'm I'm not saying not inviting him to your home if there was a relationship that was built. I'm saying there must be parameters with wisdom. I had kids. I got two stories yeah, too. I had I had them. young men live with us over different men that I young men that I knew were not trustworthy in those ways. We never allowed our children to sleep in their bedroom by themselves. Our children slept with us in our room every night. When I went to work. I didn't leave those young men with my wife and my children. You go with me and you you come you don't come back until I come back. In that way, we out of multiple people we had living in our home. We never had any type of issue in that arena in our home. But there was parameters. And somebody and that young man the moment if that young man would have told me, do you not trust me? You know what? You're not coming back. Because I don't need you to question my authority, my home, 
I'm not putting my family or you in that situation. That ain't happening. So that's what I mean by, like for instance, Francis Chan would do this and he would bring in people to come and live with him. If you ask him, if you ask him he will tell you. When we had a transvestite, we had a homosexual, we had a whatever person, a, do, a, a, a person that just came off of drugs and they're coming to live with them. He would have them come and live with them. But you know what he would do? All of his kids would come and stay with him in his room <laughs> because he understood the parameters. So forgiveness is not this blanket slate and, and, and ignorance to the situation. You know, it is forgiveness means here is parameters. God works that way. I'll forgive you. Here's what the parameters are. And so that's why I wanted to kind of just to use that example. I understand what you were saying. But if you if we define that, the reason why is because Sometimes we're in conversations with people and we use terms and we think they understand our concepts and they don't. They don't understand. And so if we learn how to say what we need to say clearly, it will help people when we're in that. Like for instance, okay. If we're, we're a mixed crowd, men and women, if I were to say, men be men. What does that mean? Right? Does that mean use a urinal, don't sit down? Does that mean? I mean, you get what I mean? I mean it, it just, it, it's, such a, it's such a broad term. But what, because I had somebody ask me this. They said, Angel, you've said that statement. Husbands, you know, you're the head of the house. I was just asked this. What does that mean? And my statement to them was, what does that look like between you and your wife? And they said, well, how should I, how should I run my house? That's not for me to say. What do you and your wife agree? See, there's things she does way better than me. It would be ignorant for me to do those things because, gosh darn it, I'm the man. Because <laughs> she's better at it than I do. God, you, even though I had a landscaping company for a decade, guess who does the yard work at this house? Your wife. My wife. <laughs> it's fun, yard work. Why, why, why is it? <laughs> I, I, just, I love it, I enjoy it. But let's, on a practical side, why do you do the yard work? Because you don't have time. Even more, even that, but even more so than that. Why do you do the yard work? She's more meticulous. That um, too. Okay, <laughs> you guys are all really dogging me out here. <laughs> <laughs> One simple thing. I grew up. She's outside with Ezra. Oh. All day. Yeah, and he likes to be outside. So she said, I'm out here. I might as well get something done. She does the yard work. I, I, all the yard, the yard waste container is full. You know why? Because the animal was cutting branches, cutting, trimming stuff, mm -hmm. and everything else. It's full because of her. But if I said, "Man, you have to do the yard work," well, what if that don't? 
Yeah, what if that doesn't fit? I don't know what that looks like. Here's what I did say to the husband. However you and your wife communicate and decide how that operates and works, it's between you two. But you must keep this in mind. The day you stand before the Lord, he will hold you to account as the head of your house. So how you answer that and live that out, you have to be able to answer that. What does that look like in your marriage? What does that look like in your home? And, and, and see, then it comes to, then there's other levels. Me and my wife are at odds. We don't communicate. We don't, we have, we're working through some things. So those dynamics are not, it's not one thing. Those dynamics shift and change. And, and so those are, are, are just things that, you know, I'm saying that because when we're talking to people, like let's say, if I didn't bring that out, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. But I know, also know the, 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 sometimes the women that you're around with that, that come in and they're in, in troubled situations. Mm-hmm. That definition could hurt someone and you're not even meaning it that way. Mm-hmm. You're meaning it totally different. But you also know I came from something similar. Mm-hmm. To, so to not have that trust mm-hmm. and have that pattern is not forgiveness. Yeah. And see, and that was the other point I wanted mm-hmm. to make. You making that statement mm-hmm. has a credibility of you making that statement because of this. Mm-hmm. I know your story. Yeah. Okay. It's, it would be... It would be the same thing, you know, Dennis, did you have a good relationship with your parents? A normal, did you have, I mean, a normal... Should I change religions? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, but I, I mean, but it was normal. It was, okay. If you were to say, you told someone, you got to honor your mother and your father. There's credibility because I know you shared your story to me with, you know, some bit because of, you know, your father prepared, helped, helped also get some things for his kids and financially. So there, there is some things that were worthy of honor. Oh, yeah. Lots. Lots. Without going into great detail, if Diana said honor your father and your mother, there's a different weight. Because of those experiences that she is saying, speaking to. Yes. Yeah, it's 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 speaking yeah to men. Here's the thing. 
It never tells the husband to do the wife's part. It never tells the wife to do the husband's part. But it does define each part to do each other's role. And if the other person does fail, that's where, you know, that's where the patience and, and that working together can be. Now, sometimes I always feel like when I'm talking, see, there's different levels. So if we're talking and we're saying, wives, you know, be gracious with your husbands, make them coffee, make them, you know, I'm just speaking to the average situation. But not everybody's in an average situation. There's some situations that are more volatile and hostile in certain levels. And so this is why I'm, I'm drilling down in these definitions, again, going back, just because you're, you're taking that, like when you said trust, mm -hmm. that's a leap of faith for you that you grew into. But understand, that also was faith. What if that woman's not there? And she's, she's not operating from faith. Or if it's not earned. Yeah, because, it, and, and so these are dynamics. So again, I'm just bringing these details in because why did we go through these list of things? What is Jesus teaching us how to be a disciple? And what is Jesus teaching us in how to teach discipleship? So 12 is forgive our debt. So we were asking him, Father, forgive us of our sins. Forgive us. Well, I, I, he tie, I think to me, I think Matthew ties the two statements together. As we forgive our debtors, as we forgive the, the, Yeah, the, the forgiving us of our debts, mm -hmm. when does that happen? As we. Wow. It's the as we part that makes the conjunction to the first part. So then that's why I put the first one, the action of forgiveness. As we forgive our debtors, it doesn't mean they're going to forgive you. It's us forgiving them. I, I, I lose you. I release you of that. Well, but you, you, you know, I don't, you know, what, da, 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 da. I'm sorry. But you're loose as well when it's the as we. That's the action part. That's the conjunction that makes this effective or in, in action. You know, like you were saying with the prison. Man, I, I can tell you. I, I, I can tell you horror stories of ministries that I know of. There was a young man, I'll go, without going into huge detail. This young man that was pastoring, he, he was a youth pastor in Wisconsin. A, young, a thing happened between him and a, and a young, a 14-year-old girl. And he got kicked out of the church and he left. So he went from Wisconsin and he went to go youth pastor in Michigan. That ministry who kicked him out because of his involvement with a 14-year-old girl. Never said anything, never did anything, never pursued it. Allowed that to continue, or not to continue, but didn't say anything. So now this, this adult young man who's in his late 20s, early 30s, moves to Wisconsin. 
He knows how to preach. He knows how to minister. Very articulate. Very charismatic. Becomes a youth pastor in Michigan. What do you think happens in Michigan? Same thing. But because we're Christians and, you know, we, we're going to trust that the Lord's going to, you know, he's going to, the Holy Spirit's going to bring conviction to his heart. Nobody said anything. Nobody did anything. They kicked him out. They ran him out of Michigan and he goes to Arizona. Guess what he does in Arizona? Goes to youth pastor. The youth pastor finds him in the back seat with his granddaughter and the granddaughter's friend while he's youth pastor. And he kicks him out. Nobody reports him. Nobody says anything. And the person that told me this story was Nick. Let's go. Nick knew the young girl. Nick knew the pastor. And Nick was years. He was close to the pastor. And he told me, did you call the police? Did you? Here's the part that really, when Nick told me he was upset, and I, I shared his frustration. They didn't call the police. They didn't call law enforcement, anything. But you know what they did? They sent a letter. The Wisconsin pastor sent a letter to the Michigan pastor. Michigan pastor, pastor dismissed it because, well, how dare you receive an accusation against a brother? The Michigan pastor sent the letter to the pastor in Arizona. Well, he's, he's a good guy. I feel in my spirit he's a good guy. How dare I bring an accusation against this man of God? Until he found him with his granddaughter. I could give a flip what you feel. It don't mean a thing. Based on Hebrews 4, it is only the word that discerns between the soul and spirit. Doesn't matter what you feel. I could care less how spiritual you think it is. It doesn't matter. What's the word say? Here's a guy committing a crime. You know what he needs to do? Go to jail. That's what he needs to do. Well, but what about mercy and grace? What about justice? And do you think that why did it say anything? Well, because I think about my uncle, James, mm -hmm. how there were certain things that happened and nobody did anything about it. And he kept... Because they use, they use scripture and all yeah, of that. They yeah. will use scripture. And he, like, molested... A lot of boys. A whole bunch of kids in that church. Sunday school. Like and, and all that children's ministry. A lot of kids. This and is the so, church that where we pastored at. And um, even now, they never went after him. And I think, I, I stop it and I think, like, are they too afraid to go after him because, he because you know, he was in the church and they think that's going to fall back on them? I or, think that's part of it. Yeah. I think initially, as Christians, we are extremely ignorant and naive to scripture and the authority that the scripture gives to the body of Christ. Because right away they think if the man does that, oh, we got to forgive him. And it's very, yeah, a lot of the times, especially in Pentecost, oh, yeah. it's like you take your brain off at the door. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. I think that 
I think that what she said was has more validity than anything else. Is that when you open that door and the media gets a hold of it, mm -hmm. the thing is exploited to the max. And the focus is on that church, focus mm -hmm. is on all of the clergy, mm -hmm. and the focus is on that body, and the pastors are aware of that. And they will use scripture to defend themselves well, and those parameters. That's yeah. horrible. It is horrible because mm -hmm. not just him, there were other people too that did other things to other kids as well. And mm -hmm. nothing ever came about it. And so these kids are adults now. And well, it struggling. did come out. And the news did, didn't, and the news came to ask questions, mm -hmm. but it didn't blow up. If I remember Wait, correctly, about him? I didn't know that. I didn't if I remember correctly, there was a story that came out, and it did catch some some wind because he got asked. The pastor was asked about it. Oh, okay. And then, but it's funny though how but another it, story came out, mm -hmm. and that was the big. It was everywhere, and yeah. so it's kind of like you know, if you think you're gonna hide all this thing under the rug, sooner or later. Somebody's going to yeah. look, you know, under there, so. And, and, no, and, and so this is really good. So, what does forgiveness look like? Vindication? Well, cause, okay, because first we have the action of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Imitating God's nature, forgetting, forgetting the offense. Can I forget the offense and yet still hold you accountable of responsibility of change? Yes. Can I forgive the offense and hold you? Mm -hmm. 33 years as a correctional officer. I was a Christian. I created a Christian, stood up as a Christian. A lot of officers really did not like it. They didn't like a Christian in the prison setting. Didn't belong here. <clears throat> It doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're naive. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you aren't aware that what they did, so I write them up 115, I write them up, they get extra whatever their penalty is. So many times people, and I had purposes we started thinking, my mind was thinking on different things in the prison. And I, one is, one was particular. Well, there's, Millions, but there was this one, and I don't know how graphic I want to get, but I'm not going to go too graphic. But he and his brother had this young lady, and they both took her into the woods and did things to her. And then they. Correctional officer? No. No, criminal. Inmate. Oh, They were twins. The brother and him were twins, but they. P A R A. That's yeah, that's it. Anyway, um, very violent, and they left her for dead, stabbed her numerous times. Oh she God. crawled up onto the road, and, and she was alive, and she identified him. They were well, great kids, great people in the in that community. Those these these two. Anyway, so he and his brother went to prison, but he had a. They were evil. And he was my porter in my building. He and I developed a relationship. 
I liked him a lot. He was my best quarter. I relied on him. He liked me. But I, there's that Christian connection. He came and something happened where the captain had a focus on him. They, they, they took away his meds that was keeping him on this even keel and he, he didn't come to work for and his cellmate came up to me and says, you know, because out of respect, they said, he can't, he can't come out. Because he's turning violent and it took away his meds. So I went right to him. And he said, Nelson, don't, don't, don't come in here. Anyway, he told me that they took away his meds. I, and I went to the psychiatry and I said, why aren't we giving his meds? They gave him song and dance. And this went on for close to a week. I went to the head of psychiatry, above everybody, and it, and it overstepped the captain, and that's where things got really scary, because the captain had a vendetta to put him into a hard level four to get this guy, well, I don't want to say, <laughs> he wanted to have him killed. But the thing was, I got the meds for him, and I took care of this guy. I got the meds for him, he got leveled out again, but they still sent him to that prison. He came back years later, and they had him on this other yard, but he was the terror of the yard. He, he became extremely violent. And they put him, and I was running the Correctional Treatment Center, and they brought in all of the violent, crazy people into the CGC I ran in. And nobody could get near this guy. They couldn't even escort him. They couldn't do anything. He was on the yard, and he would go after anybody. But he knew me and he talked, he, he knew me real well. I went right in the cell and just sat next to him and talked to him. And we, we had conversations. And he told me about how much respect he had for me and how much I had done for him to help him. And now I'm using that as an example about how to love somebody yet looking at their past and their history and what he's doing mm -hmm. to try to love somebody to have some, have some change. Yet, I made him accountable. If he did anything, I would write him up and I would, you know. Well, let me ask Or you. even if, even worse, I, I, you know, use my baton on him. I don't care. Well, and, and in, in that, that's great. That's good. But let me throw one caveat in there. In all of that relationship building you did with him, would you leave him alone with your wife? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, then. Absolutely not. <laughs> so all, that's, all, all of that's good as far as the building part. But it, what my whole point is, within the realm of forgiveness, there is still responsibility. And I don't know how to word that because I don't want to make it, you, you got you to gotta earn my forgiveness. No, my forgiveness is given to you. But the responsibility side to your actions does need to be attached for you to be free. I release you, but for the others on the other side, there is still a responsibility factor. When we were pastoring, if I found out somebody, if somebody comes into the ministry and I would and I knew, let's say that a young man lived. He was living a homosexual life prior to Christ. That's not a default from ministry. But I would be very cautious 
to put them into scenarios working with young kids. Because I don't want to, I'm not thinking he's going to, I'm not just thinking, oh, you're going to do something. I'm also thinking I need to keep you safe as well. To put you in situations that you're not going to falter and fail. Whenever we would have sleepovers and say, and I would hear about them, you remember this, I would tell our leaders, if they were married, if you have, if you have girls staying the night, then you don't stay there. Because if the, if, the, if the wife had four or five young girls staying the night, and they're in their pajamas, Dude could, husband could be a good, godly, tongue-talking, spirit-filled man. Don't put yourself in that place. Remove yourself from the night. Coordinate it with your wife. Come and stay. I would tell you, you can come and stay the night at my house. Let your wife have that fellowship. Maybe have some other older sisters there. And let it be a time with the sisters. You know, you know with, the young, with, with the teenage girls. Because there's also one... I'm not saying you're going to do something, but I'm also trying to protect you too. And so there's wisdom. I guess forgiveness is action. I'll put this. Forgiveness is action with wisdom. Yeah. Because like you're saying, you had no problem because you knew your own strength and your own weight and your own defense, but you weren't going to let him... You weren't going to go, okay, I got to go to lunch. Honey, can you watch him in the cell while the hour I'm going to go to lunch? You would never do that. Well, in the same setting, there was a lot of nurses in there. Yeah. And my job was to protect them. Exactly. And even, even in that, yeah, exactly. And if you've seen him attempting to harm a nurse, you would take action. And the nurses trusted me. Hmm? They really did trust me because they knew that I wasn't. Leave them vulnerable. Absolutely. Never. So there again, I think you said in the very beginning, there's wisdom. I think you said this in talking about forget. There's wisdom in all of this. And so with that, guys, we'll close this out on this on that. But I, I, I think, you know, when we're dealing with especially with, with situations, be uh with you know, people Listen, listen to what people are saying. Because sometimes wives, and I say this specifically to my wives, sometimes they don't know how they're they're not, it's not easy to say my husband hits me. It's not easy to say my husband beats the kids. That's not something that's just gonna go. You know, hey, sister, let's go have coffee. Okay. Oh, by the way, my husband hits me. He beats the kids. Uh, now that we got out of the way, okay, what do you want to open up? Do you want to open up First John? What? That's not how that works. It doesn't happen. There's shame. There's cover-up. There's, there, there's manipulation. There's that it, She doesn't want to come to terms that that's really the situation. She's coping with it in her own coping mechanisms. And so as best that we can, when we're operating in that with advice and wisdom and relationship. Let's take time as we're communicating these principles and let people talk. Because if you let them talk, women will say things, you, got, you ladies know, 
if you're talking to somebody and she says something that's really odd, you're just like, okay, that really, really, really stuck out. She's not saying he punched me in the face. But if you hear it, you will, there's a ting to what they're saying. And so, like, if you allow them to talk, they will tell you. They'll say certain things, you know, without actually saying it. And you kind of put it together and you're like, okay. Yeah. And, and, and then, and, and just to, on the flip side, just real quick. If you are dealing, if, if there is someone that you are, are, are talking to and they're in that type of a situation... Don't rush them to the response of admitting my husband is doing this. Because they may not be ready to admit that. You know, I'll give you a quick example of, you know, there's a... If you're ministering in the gifts and, the, and, and you're operating through discerning of spirits, as, as an example... Um, and the Holy Spirit shares something with you. It's not always necessary to say it. It's not always necessary to go, oh, by the way, you know, you, you, know, you were molested in the basement when you were... It, that's not always necessary. God revealing something to you doesn't mean you have to say it. I'm not saying don't. There may be some wisdom in, in the application of what it is you're dealing with. But sometimes it's not to say, it's just to understand and discern and know. Sometimes the Holy Spirit's showing you something for you to know how to minister without necessarily bringing that up and allow them to surface that and just go, that was God. Because you knew how to go and get, how to get to that point because the Holy Spirit gave you information and by going there, that was the answer. It wasn't necessarily revealing the situation. So basically he's showing you the reason why she's acting that way is because of what she went through. Yeah. yeah. And it's not necessary all the time to just go, boom, 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 right? You know, sometimes it, if the Holy Spirit tells you to, then that's fine. I'm just saying when that, do, when that does come, when you're ministering to someone, discerning of the situation is not, there is no salvific element to it. What you do with that information can be. Does that make sense? If, here goes back to the instruments, soul and spirit. If the Holy Spirit tells me, I, I'll do it the way I, somebody showed me and taught me this. I walk up to Dennis and I see by the spirit, as an example, a knife lodged in your side. This is what I always kind of explain it to me. I think, you've heard me, I told your daughter this. You see a knife, a dagger in their side. And we're, I'm walking to Walmart and I see a dagger in the spirit in your side. And I said, hey brother, I see a dagger in your side in the spirit. Right? But probably if you start that conversation off at Walmart, I don't know how probably that's going to go. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to go or not. Instead of striking a conversation and then ministering to them, and it would be something like this. You know, Father, right now, I just, Father, I just release them right now. I just speak life and forgiveness over them. Father, any pain of any relationships that need to be reconciled. Father, right now, I just come against any, any unforgiveness, any backlash, any, 
What are you ministering to? You are ministering to what you now see. You don't have to tell them you see a spiritual dagger in their side. But what does a spiritual dagger mean if you were to see it? How does a dagger, what, what is a dagger? Is a dagger a long sword? No. It's close combat. So how, did, how would somebody get a dagger at your side? Somebody close to you. And if it was right here, what does that mean? You trusted them. See, all of these things, the Holy Spirit's giving you information. Instead of a lot of the times in, 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 in Pentecost, we just go, there's a dagger on your side. The Holy Spirit just showed me. Can I minister to you? And they're like, What? Instead of dealing with the issue, instead of just showing how spiritual you are, deal with the issue. It doesn't need to be addressed. And allow that to take place in time. It's a lot better that way. Now, if the Holy Spirit tells you, share this with them. Sometimes he will. The details of Sometimes he won't. And I'm just ending with this. I learned this from a terrible mistake that I made. Because I had a dream of a young couple that was in leadership that I, I seen like a camera over a room and the blankets were messed up. I seen a bedroom and the, it was like a camera that zoomed across the bedroom and I seen photos and, and I seen the counter or the, the dresser. I seen the bed all smashed up, and then it stopped at a photo of this couple that was dating. Sin. I knew it. I brought him in. And man, I reamed him because I knew the Holy Spirit told me. And they cried. And they denied it. And I told them they were lying. Because the Holy Spirit showed me. I was adamant. I knew. I knew. I knew. I was adamant. They said no. About a year goes by. I forget all about it. I'm sitting on the platform. We're in the middle of the worship service. And I don't remember what song it was. And I was just sitting there just worshiping. I, oh, I looked over. And I seen the young lady sitting, you know, in, she was worshiping. She was crying. Holy Spirit didn't say nothing to me. Didn't think anything. But I seen, I seen her crying, just worshiping. I looked, I looked over and I seen the guy worshiping and crying. I started, I wasn't thinking anything. I wasn't connecting any dots. And then the Holy Spirit said this to me a year later and said, I didn't show you for you to tell them. I showed you to prepare them and pray. I can fix it all by myself. Here's the reality to it. That didn't happen in the moment. What? They didn't happen in the moment. They were telling me the truth. It did happen in the future. And when they got out of the bed, they remembered the picture that I told them. And they shared that with me later. And because of that, was there some sin that happened and continued? Yeah, there was some sin that could happen and continue in their life. But you know what happened also? Is God was also working with them through that. What I did is I came like a bull in a china can. And I didn't use wisdom. 
when it could have been prevented, I push them away. So, a hypothetical scenario, you could have come in and say, can I talk with you guys for a while? I really, really would like to prepare you for your relationship ahead and make you understand that you need to be accountable. You need to bring in people. You need to get more training on how to have this relationship. Instead of, like you said, just accuse them and just throw it at them and just bam. Maybe you can just more of just push the fact that you really need to hear what I'm saying here. Get some more counseling. Get some. Well, they weren't even at a place of needing counsel. Here's in my now where I'm at now. This is kind of. I'm just saying what should have been better, a better direction. The best, the best direction would have been this. Father, I take my shoes at your feet. Lord, I lift up this family, Lord God. I know what's happening. I know they're struggling. And, and go, go to the Father on there. Because that's actually what he was. If you're a shepherd, what does a shepherd do? You pull the sheep in and you hit the wolves. So there's also a time that what, he, what, what God was pulling me towards was intercession. Not proclamation. He was pulling me to intercede. Now, from that point, he would have given me wisdom and where to take that conversation. But because I didn't, I went to proclamation. Everything else got cut off after that. I was young. I was in my 20s, or, you know, mid-20s. I was trying to make a name for myself and do ministry. Just being honest here. We talked about intent. You can do things out of faith, and if it's not out of love, it doesn't count. And that's just the truth. You know, a lot of the times, if you, if sometimes when you, if the Holy Spirit shows you, it's not always to just blast. Sometimes it's to bring them, go to the Father and let Him give you wisdom. Take your shoes off your feet. Go in with, go in with that and go, Father, how do I handle this? My wife, my, my, the Lord showed me things about my wife all the time, and I don't talk. Yeah, I just pray for her. And my and, and the Lord shows my wife a whole lot of things about me. I'm great. I'm glad that she doesn't always tell me. <laughs> you know, and, and I think that's the more it well, is. that is the more appropriate because between a husband and a wife, if you came down on her every time you got an, an idea of like this is what the Lord's yeah. showing me about, you know, absolutely. And it's just having wisdom when you're operating. So I hope that helps. Okay. So, Father, we thank you tonight for gathering here, Lord God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for just conversation, fellowship, laughing, Lord God, prayers, communication. Holy Spirit, that you can take this word as we just kind of walk it through. Lord God, and we just ask you to guide us and lead us this week. And all that we do is bring these things back to light, Father, of what the word has said. We thank you, we give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I've been wondering all week, I don't know if I said it, but I missed it.